Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, all of our great ESPN stations across the country. Sirius XM80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. If you missed any of our first hour of the show, you can go back later on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast or wherever podcasts are found, and you missed a lot, including CC going off on the Tuesday night Thanksgiving texter. The mass texter around Thanksgiving who doesn't personalize it. And then us associating different people in sports with two things. Who in sports does the mass text to their group and without personalizing it and the, the Thanksgiving comparisons for um, athletes, etc. And also me drooling on ESPN2, uh, which did occur. So we thought when the Jets made the move to bench Zach Wilson, it was, all right, yeah, like, no-brainer, of course. We know he's been awful. They had 41 straight drives without scoring a touchdown. And it seemed obvious to maybe everyone except for one person. Aaron Rodgers on Tuesdays, of course, is a guest on the Pat McAfee Show on ESPN, noon until 3 Eastern time, and discussed the decision to bench Zach Wilson. We need a spark, and obviously this was uh, the decision that was made. I feel for Zach. I love Zach. You know, Zach's such a great kid, and I do think he still has a bright future in the league. This has been a tough go for all of us. Uh, a lot of times in these situations, there's certain guys that got a scapegoat, and uh, I think there's enough blame to go around a number of different positions. You know, if you have 10 guys doing it right on a play and one guy not, um, it's hard to, hard to be efficient. I'm sorry. Did he say scapegoat around Zach Wilson? Is that what I just heard? That is what you just heard. I I don't know if we can put any stock into what he's saying. It sounds quite ridiculous. We have enough of a sample size to realize that Zach Wilson isn't it. Quite literally, since he's come into the league, he has the worst QBR of any quarterback. And I get it. The Jets are less than ideal, but we've seen high draft picks be able to turn around franchises in a relatively short period of time. Think about what the Jacksonville Jaguars were before they drafted Trevor Lawrence. And in year two, you're talking about them winning a playoff game. Think about what the Houston Texans were before drafting C.J. Stroud. And in year one, they look like they're poised to be in the postseason. If you hit on the right quarterback, if that's that, if he's really that guy, then it's not long before the franchise's fortunes change. With Zach Wilson, we can, we can say that there's a lot of blame to go around and that he might not be the reason that everything has gone wrong. He might not be the source of all the problems. The only issue is he's not the solution either. And when you take a guy with the second overall pick, that's why you're using that draft capital for that guy to figure help your franchise figure those things out. Yeah, the word scapegoat is really interesting because 
you're trying to point the finger at one person or one specific reason why something is a disaster or why it's gone wrong. And Aaron Rodgers can't point that finger at himself. He can't say, well, I'm the reason why this all went to, you know, it, it became a problem because I got injured. Right. He can't really point the finger at himself. So he's pointing it at Zach Wilson. Cece, I think you summed it up beautifully. He isn't the only problem, but he's also not the answer. And he's been put in a situation this season where he was thrust into a situation where he wasn't expecting. But if you really were that guy that was worthy of being the backup, you should have been able to elevate your team a little bit more. If you were the guy that they thought you were going to be when they selected you at the number two overall pick, we should have seen certain measures of growth by now. We see the talent. We understand why they were maybe enamored with him a little bit coming out of college, but he has not developed into that NFL caliber quarterback that they expected him to be. So So, yeah, people might be wanting to look at one person or one specific reason to blame with the Jets, and they can't really point at Aaron Rodgers because it's hard to point at an injury being the cause of, or at least the blame of everything. Blame blame and cause are two different things. But has Aaron Rodgers helped? And what I mean by that in asking that question, he's played four plays, not his fault, obviously. Horrible, horrible injury you feel for him in that regard. He brought in Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett's horrific as an offensive coordinator. Alan Lazard has 20 catches, 290 yards, and a touchdown. Randall Cobb has three catches and 20 yards. We think the main reason that Zach Wilson was playing, as long as he was, was clearly because of that guy who just said he's been scapegoated. I can't believe I'm asking this, CeCe, but is there a possibility that we could live in a world where Aaron Rodgers has actually been more harm than good for the Jets so far? Yeah, I think that's possible because the message that the organization sent to the entire locker room, the the entire team, is that Aaron Rodgers is that one quarterback that we need in order to get where we want to go. And when you say that you're one quarterback away and you get the quarterback when he gets hurt, what happens to the team? They revert back to what they were last year. And so, yeah, I, I think there's a world that we can live in where it, it might be more detrimental for them going down this path with Aaron Rodgers because it is a quarterback that's in his late 30s. He'll This is age 40 season, as a matter of fact. He'll turn 40 in a couple of weeks. You, you have to know that there isn't a huge window for this. And for the Jets, they were in the infancy stages of their program building, and they tried to microwave success. I don't think it. There, I don't ever think there's a shortcut to success. And so I think this could be one of those things that sets the franchise back and doesn't allow them to capitalize on a window that they've created with a championship caliber defense. So that's the frustrating part about where the Jets are at. And the curious part about what GM Joe Douglas did by not going after a quarterback at the trade deadline when there was one to be had is, is why would you, why would you not go after somebody that could give you competent quarterback play above what Zach Wilson represents, knowing how good this team is. And the only answer I can get to that, Ev, is the presence of Aaron Rodgers. Because Aaron Rodgers is there, because the GM and the head coach don't want him to feel threatened, they were willing to burn an entire season after Aaron Rodgers got hurt by starting Zach Wilson. That is the only conclusion that I can come to based on the evidence that we have, what Rob Sala has said in interviews, pleading the fifth and and saying it's legitimate to ask the question about alternatives at the quarterback spot. And then when you think about how everything has happened since the Rodgers injury, it feels like this was a situation because Aaron Rodgers is on the team, they were afraid of going after a quarterback that would be considered an upgrade to Zach Wilson 
because of how Rodgers might feel. Yeah, and and this whole thing is based on him, right? Like, he's the organization. Because what now happens today is that if you're meeting with Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, and you're a a media member, like we all are, aren't you now going to ask him, hey, do you feel like Zach Wilson was scapegoated here, that there are other problems in this organization than just Zach Wilson? And, of course, there are always other problems and other solutions. But Aaron Rodgers referred to him as a scapegoat. And Aaron Rodgers... Wants his guys in there. And I understand why the Jets handed the franchise to him. Like, I think they made the right move in the moment. But as we're playing out the results, there's no guarantee that this ends up being great. I mean, CeCe, you've said it a million times. You don't trust anyone from Brady to Rodgers to yourself going into a 40-41 season coming off of an injury like that. It's just not logical to assume that they're going to be okay. And that's next year. Forget this year. And he still says he's going to come back this year, which, again, I don't know why. I don't understand that if they're out of it. But Rodgers told McAfee yesterday, December 2nd, is still a a target for him. Yeah, I don't understand it. I don't know why he's going to come back. Now, if you assume that it takes him a couple of weeks to ramp up, you, you could be in a scenario where he plays in the final four games of the season. But at that point, is there going to be anything to play for with the Jets? That, that's the question that you have to ask. I, I don't look at this team as being competitive. I, I think they're going to get smoked in a couple of days against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I mean, I, I you know, it's, it's a coin flip on whether or not they can beat Atlanta. It's a coin flip. Uh, well, I don't even – I think it's less than a coin flip with the Houston Texans. So, I mean, you would be asking Aaron Rodgers at that point to come back with the team at, what, four and nine or five and eight at best? I, I just what, – what would be the point in doing that? I don't know – that there was going to be anything to salvage by the time he's ready to play, if he's ready to play at all this year. Yeah, I I think that this all circles back. All of these points that we're making circles back to me not believing that he's done more harm than good. I know right now, in the moment, it's easy to point to everything going wrong and say, well, this guy's at the genesis of a lot of it. But let's rewind back to prior to his injury. We felt differently about the New York Jets and this organization and the possibility of this team having success in a way that we hadn't felt in a really long time. We praised Aaron Rodgers for every single thing he did up until when he got injured. He was transformative in so many different ways. He made you believe that this team could win a Super Bowl because of his presence. He got this team believing in a different culture and having a different identity. And for the New York Jets, who's been an organization who could not really escape that for a long time, he was able to do that. I'm going to blame the people in the organization that gave him all of the power because there's such a fine line between bringing somebody in and allowing them to be transformative and giving them the complete power to do whatever they want. There needs to be someone who's, for lack of a better term, the parent in the building that says, hey, I know you want XYZ player. That's not what's best for us. We appreciate your scouting, you thinking that this person is going to be great. We're not going to go down that road. It feels like everyone within the New York Jets organization is afraid to tell him no and that's not his fault that they're afraid to tell him no someone needed to step up and say as much as he's done for us we need a viable backup plan if this truly is a Super Bowl contending season we need to make sure that we're protected in every which way not oh no this might upset him if we go out and get somebody else there needs to be somebody else to step in and I'm not going to blame him for that so well Smalls here's the thing the Jets can't do that they can't be accountable they can't create those boundaries for Aaron Rodgers because they were desperate when they went after Aaron Rodgers. They were. 
I mean, th- th- this is essentially being in a codependent relationship because you realize as a franchise, you can't get out of your own way when it comes to finding a quarterback. They swung and missed with Sam Donald. They swung and missed with Zach Wilson. You're talking about having two quarterbacks that you took with top three picks in a, in a span of five or four or five years. So, uh, I mean, they realized that this wasn't going to work and they needed something. They needed somebody that could be competent at the quarterback spot, and Rodgers just so happened to be available. And after the way things ended in Green Bay, they didn't want to run the risk of annoying Aaron Rodgers to the point where he wanted to force his way out and go somewhere else just because they were so desperate to get a quarterback. Remember, Joe Douglas and Rob Sala, they came into this year on the hot seat. They both had to win or they would probably be out of here. And so Aaron Rodgers looked like he represented the best chance for them to do that. But you realize this team had boom or bust potential because you were staking your entire season and for those guys, their careers, on a 40-year-old quarterback. I'm going to quote two great philosophers, Bill Parcells and Jay-Z. Bill Parcells said, you are what your record says you are. And Jay-Z says, men lie, women lie, numbers don't, right? Do you realize at the end of this season, this season will prove to have done nothing for the Packers and the Jets? The Packers could very well end up with the exact same record this year that they did last year. Eight wins. The New York Jets at the end of this year could end up with the exact same wins they did last year. Seven wins. That we could look at all of this and all of the offseason hype where Rodgers was unbelievable in the offseason. Unbelievable. Knicks games, Rangers games, Taylor Swift concerts, Broadway shows, living in New York, around the facility, all the stuff. He did everything you'd want him to do. Sadly, he gets hurt four plays in. Not his fault. But ultimately, the result of it this year may end up with seven wins. And the Green Bay Packers scheduling helps with my argument here. The Green Bay Packers may end up his former team. With eight wins. Now, you're going to feel better about the eight wins because if they get there, that means Jordan Love has progress. But it's so odd to think all of this may be much ado about nothing, right? It may be more of the Russell Wilson to Denver comp than it is Tom Brady to Tampa Bay comp. That we look at that star player late in his career at the quarterback position going to that next team. Oh, it must be that he's going to win them a Super Bowl. Yeah, well, not necessarily because right now, CeCe's been saying it all year. If you're not confident about this year with the Jets, think about next year when he's coming off of that injury and you could be in big, big trouble. All right, coming up, we will get more of your phone calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN. Wishing CC a happy Thanksgiving. He really wants you to do that right now, a day, a day before Thanksgiving. Plus, there is a Hall of Fame quarterback who during the entirety of his career was a righty who now, because of injury, has to be a lefty. We will get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. 
Along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live with Vivid Seats. And we know when Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer Drew Brees played in New Orleans, yeah, that was a hot ticket. That is for sure. And Brees was a guest yesterday on Greeny, weekdays 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time here on ESPN Radio. Hembo and I were filling in uh, for Greeny yesterday. And, well, um, he revealed something about his health right now that we did not see coming. That's Breeze who revealed it the last time a team Which called him. Which one is that supposed to be? The last time a team called him, Pat. Boy, we have Pat. Javante's out today. Pat's there. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty obvious. The other one was about Peyton and Wilson. <laughs> well, I don't know. I didn't hear the interview. Uh, let's, let's hear what he has to say, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was probably the, the the year the year after I retired. So it was that twenty twenty one. There might have been a feeler or two that was put out there, you know, um, after that. But no, I, I look, you know, my uh, I'll, I'll let you know a little fact. I don't throw with my right arm anymore. Uh, my right arm does does not work. So when I throw in the backyard right now, I throw left handed. Um, I can play pickleball just because it's below below the waist, you know. But anything above my shoulders, I've got a hard time with. And it's probably a result of it was. De- it's definitely a result of the injury that I that I suffered when I left San Diego, um, the dislocated right shoulder and and all that stuff that you know I thought I may never play again. So I, that kind of put me on the fast track to a degenerative shoulder and um, all kinds of arthritic changes and stuff like that. So now I don't I don't throw I don't throw with my right arm anymore. So if I could. Um, I would absolutely still be playing. Okay, when I heard that, when he said that yesterday, I could not believe that. And then I started thinking, CeCe, last week, Smalls, we had the conversation about the all-ESPN NFL team, and mm-hmm. you and I were sitting there saying, come on, CeCe, you can do this, you can do this now. And he's like, no, I can't. We're like, yeah, you could. He goes, I couldn't even put on the pads for one play. If you want an endorsement, CeCe, of what you said last week, it's right there. He can't throw righty. It, it's incredible to have him admit that for somebody that is one of the greatest passers of all time, a guy that's known for having the 5,000-yard passing season, for him to say, I can't throw the ball with my right arm anymore. It just shows you how tough the game actually is. And, and it's a credit to all of the quarterbacks that we've seen play into their mid and their late 30s, guys like Matt Stafford, guys like Aaron Rodgers, for them to to to, to, to be willing to compete at that level at that age, it just speaks volumes. It actually puts in the, in the context what Tom Brady did playing at an MVP level and winning a Super Bowl in his 40s. It's hard to do. It's hard to have that, that success, and it's hard to stay healthy. And so I guess that's the, that's, the big, that's the overarching thing with this. And then especially when we forecast with the Aaron Rodgers situation, it, it, it makes it tough to buy into what Aaron Rodgers is talking about coming back and playing this year but then also what the Jets are going to be the next two years because they're banking so much on number eight. Yeah, that's such a good point, CeCe, to think about Aaron Rodgers and his age through the lens of what we just heard from Drew Brees and how difficult it is to come back at a certain age. But to me, guys, when I was listening to that, it just puts it into a very stark reality for me of what 
these guys like CC, like Drew Brees, deal with and continue to deal with as NFL players and former NFL players. I mean, CC, we sit here with you every day and you tell us about the pain that you endured when you were playing and things that you still deal with now. And we we see guys having all of this success. We see you and Drew Brees winning Super Bowls, being amazing broadcasters in your post-playing career. We rarely think about everything that you sacrifice and the physical toll it t- it took on you and continues to take on you on a day-to-day basis. We we look at these players sometimes Evan and they they become less human to us because of the above average human things that we see them do on a day-to-day basis, but to think about Drew Brees not even being able to throw right now with his right arm is it's a pretty big wake-up call and a pretty big reality check to what these guys are dealing with. No doubt, Smalls. The other thing he weighed in on, I mean, weighed in on many things, but the other thing that he weighed in on that was interesting was about his uh, former head coach, obviously, and Sean Payton in Denver, and his neighbor, basically. He said Russell Wilson lives five minutes away from him, and they talked before the season started. But uh, the part, the partnership between Payton and Wilson, take a listen to what Breeze told us yesterday on Greedy. Drew, do you see that relationship and that partnership as for now or for later as well? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what, what's what's happening behind the scenes. Um, I haven't talked to to those guys a lot You know, during the season. Obviously, they've been locked in. Um, but, you know, I, I think we know we know the type of player that, that Russell Wilson can be, the type of playmaker that he can be. I know the type of offense that – you know, Sean Payton wants to wants to run and um, kind of the myriad of different things that, you know, he wants to be able to do. Um, and, I mean, I don't think there's any reason why Russell can't be that guy. Um, but I guess, you know, time will tell. So uh, Russell Wilson is technically under contract through 2028. There's an out after 2025, basically. Uh, CeCe, what did you hear? Translate that for us as a former player with that comment by Drew Brees. Yeah, he doesn't know, and he doesn't think it's a situation that's going to work out because, again, this is a clash of styles. What Russell Wilson instinctively wants to do, which is extend plays and rely on second reaction playmaking outside of the pocket, but and, and really the biggest reason why is because of his height. He needs to be able to see downfield in, in order to push the ball downfield. He's got to move outside of the pocket to do that. And Sean wants his quarterback to operate from the pocket and, 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 and essentially play on schedule, which means as soon as you hit your back foot and your drop, that ball needs to be coming out. And you need to go through your progression just that quick. That's never been who Russell Wilson is. Now, he's trying to morph into that quarterback, and we've seen them be able to have productivity in the passing game. I think Russell Wilson, 19 touchdowns to four interceptions, which is the best TD interception ratio in the league right now. But he's also 21st in QBR in the league right now. So when you look at all of those different factors and you start to try to evaluate whether or not this is the quarterback play that the Denver Broncos organization signed up for, eight ball says doubtful. I I don't think this is uh, a situation where Russ is long in Denver because I don't think he's Sean's ideal quarterback. And I think Drew Brees was trying to tell you that without telling you that. This is a guy that's so forthcoming, so verbose, well-spoken. And he, he just gave you this very detailed answer, Evan, about what he's dealing with from a physical perspective. And then you ask him this question and he's like, uh, <laughs> you could kind of hear him calibrating in his mind. How how do I say this without revealing too much? And he obviously knows all of the parties that play here. But I think if you listen to the tone of his answer and what he was trying to put together, he's telling you without telling you that he doesn't 
because I think it's a long-term partnership between those two. Yeah, that was that was heartbreaking for me as somebody that's rooting for this. <laughs> I want Russell Wilson and Denver to work, and I think it is working-ish, more so than a lot of people thought this year, but maybe not working to the level of, oh, I don't know, Drew Brees, the righty version of him, not the guy that he self-compared to Mark Brunel is what he said he now looks like throwing a football. Uh, Ev, every time when you ask somebody that direct of a question, anything other than a yes is a no. Just, <laughs> just, anything point. other than is this a long-term relationship? If he doesn't say yes, it's a no, period. <laughs> Coming up, we will say yes to having Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter, in studio with us next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are going to be with you, and we're going to work, work, work all throughout Thanksgiving. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right, you guys can join the show on the Dr. Pepper call online at 888-SAY-ESPN. Obviously, we've been talking about Aaron Rodgers, college football playoff. Drew Brees now is a lefty. But mainly the Thanksgiving texts that people send uh, Chris Canty and others, the mass texts that are not personalized. Thomas in Chicago listening on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. What's up, Thomas? Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, just want to say happy Thanksgiving, especially to uh, uh, Chris. <laughs> and, Thanks, Thomas. And I just want to say that uh, I'm guilty. I do send a lot of uh, texts. But I got to say this. I put a lot of heart on my first uh, text to whomever it is, like a family member, type it up all nice. And then I copy, paste, and just change, change the name. So mm. that's my hand right there, guys. Okay. Good so strategy. interesting. Let's react to this, and thank you for the phone call. So basically what he just said was that I personalized the first one, but not any other one after that. That it's like, hey, Michelle – Happy Thanksgiving, you're amazing, X, Y, and Z. And then I take the Michelle part out, and then I just put the Chris part in. Or the Kimberly part in. Come on in. You're fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Kimberly and Martin is here. Right, CC. I mean, that's what it is. It's really personalizing the first one and then not personalizing the rest. 
That's essentially what we're talking about. But think about how tedious that would be to have to copy and paste that, but then change the name at the beginning of the text message for everybody in your contacts. That takes more time than anybody wants to give up on Thanksgiving Day, which is why I'm a proponent of just getting rid of the the perfunctory Thanksgiving text altogether. I totally agree. Let's bring Kimberly A. Martin in here. Of course, you're going to see her all throughout the week, and you see her as well on Get Up, on First Take, ESPN NFL reporter, talking Thanksgiving, of course. Two things. Let's, let's have you weigh in on immediately. First, CeCe, and we all agree with him, is rightfully annoyed with the mass text not personalized two days before Happy Thanksgiving. Let's have you react to that, and then tell us what food is is the number one food in the Martin household on Thanksgiving. Go ahead. I Very hate important the, stuff. I hate, I hate those texts, I'll be honest. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kmart. Because uh, I'm always on my phone as it is because of work, so I don't want to. And then I feel bad because it's like, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. It's like, <laughs> all right, everybody just freaking eat already. Um, best food. I'm big, in, I'm big into sides. So my plate, honestly, will just be half macaroni and cheese. Yes. Like collard greens. Maybe like a dash of like, you know, like sweet potato or something like that. And that's really it. Like I'm not huge into meat. Like turkey's cool, but ham, eh, it's fine. But macaroni, collard greens, like I'm set. Excellent. Ex- I mean, seriously. Excellent take, Kimberly. Excellent. <laughs> not, not like the Nickelback nonsense yeah. you're talking about. And here's why that's excellent. <laughs> I am so glad you said it. I, I am literally walking around my house yesterday. My wife is making mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. I don't care about anything else. That's yeah. all I need. If it's mac and cheese and then dessert, I'm good. It should be called mac and cheese day, it not turkey be. day. I got. I'm with you. That is actually finally. We agree. Finally, we are on the. The collard page. greens, though, Kmart. Them collard greens hit different when Big Mama cooking. I'm just saying the collard greens when Mama or my wife are cooking them. It just it hits different. So good. The collard green. The collard greens. The, they might not be number one on the list. It still might be mac and cheese. Yeah. But them collard greens is pretty high up on that damn list. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go transition to some football stuff. Um, I, we played the audio from McAfee on the air. We all said, "Are, are we sure we're hearing this correctly?" Aaron Rodgers said that Zach Wilson was a scapegoat. Aaron Wilson, uh, Aaron Wilson, well, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Good NFL reporter, Aaron Wilson. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, he says a lot of stuff. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I get it because when you look at the Jets, there are bigger issues beyond just Zach Wilson. You have a front office that stood pat with Zach Wilson. You have a front office that first took Zach Wilson, um, second overall. You have a coaching staff that... And again, going by the front office, they didn't address the quarterback situation. Aaron Rodgers, let us remember, he was hurt in week one, September 11th, y'all. We've been watching, you know, and and they stood pat because they said, hey, we've got Zach. We believe in the talent. Fine. Coaching staff that has not. We see glimpses of, of Zach and this offense looking somewhat normal. But for the most part, it has not. So you have a coaching staff that hasn't put this kid in a situation to succeed and then you got a kid who hasn't done anything to help him really succeed so the the issues go beyond just Zach Wilson but the reality is he has not played well enough to earn a starting job in the NFL that's all Kmart, and he wasn't supposed to play he was not supposed <laughs> like, we were not supposed to be seeing Zach Wilson Zach yeah, Wilson will tell you I should not be out here but that's the part that doesn't make sense to me though K-Bar because when when the Michael K show asked Rob Sala a few weeks ago about a change at the quarterback spot he said I plead the fifth Like, you don't hear head coaches doing that. And you look back at the trade deadline, the Minnesota Vikings traded a six-round pick to Arizona for a seventh-round pick in Josh Dobbs. 
And Josh Dobbs has shown that even with the Arizona Cardinals in one win that they had this season, Mm -hmm. that he was an upgrade at the quarterback position definitively over what we've gotten from Zach Wilson. The contract is not something that will preclude the Jets from adding Josh Dobbs. So, So why didn't they go after somebody like Josh Dobbs at the trade deadline? Hell, let me change that. Why didn't they go after Josh Dobbs at the trade deadline, knowing what we know and what we've seen from Zach Wilson over the last two and a half years? Well, I think unlike in San Francisco, where they said, you know what, this Trey Lance thing isn't working. We, we messed this up. Um, he got hurt. This, like, we, we don't have, we have Brock Purdy. Let's move on, put Trey in a situation where he can be good and, and hopefully thrive eventually. I think the Jets weren't ready to give up on Zach Wilson because then you have to say, hey, we made a mistake in taking him second overall. And I think. The fact that they they knew Aaron would come back next year, and you got to if Zach could just be enough of a game manager to keep up. We got all the pieces. Um, unfortunately, they they went all in on Aaron Rodgers, and with all the pieces, they're Aaron Rodgers pieces, and then the offense doesn't change really because it's suited for Aaron Rodgers. Um, it was it seems like all systems failure right now. Can't so really- Kmart, let me get this right. They burned a season because of ego. They didn't want to admit they failed. Listen, Christopher, those are Wilson. not my words. Those are yours. I'm I just, didn't I'm say just, it I'm like just, that. I'm just asking. I'm just asking that question, though. Doesn't it feel? It doesn't it feel fair to frame it that way because they didn't go after somebody at the deadline. It because you know what I was against getting Kirk Cousins because because my point was sort of like okay, you got yes, you're good for this year. But then what happens next year? Like, I think they're so Aaron-focused. You did everything for Aaron. And the hope of if this kid can keep it afloat and everybody play up to the level that they need to, Aaron can come back. I just think it, it – I think it was – I think they're just like, you know what? We're, we're screwed, honestly, because the offensive line is an issue. Whether it's Aaron – I don't know why anybody wants to see Aaron Rodgers this year. That offensive line, he'll get killed again. Like, yeah. there's, there's really no point in having him come back. Kimberly, we're still uh, feeling the ripple effects from the big Super Bowl rematch on Monday Night Football where the Eagles got their revenge over the Kansas City Chiefs. But after the game was finished, which team do you feel more confident in getting back to the Super Bowl, the Eagles or the Chiefs? Now, I would say Eagles. Well, okay. (laughs) It's hard hard because I actually didn't pick in the preseason. I didn't pick either team to get back to the Super Bowl. I, I feel more confident about the Eagles because they figure out how to gut wins out. Jalen Hurts has had this knee injury, and he's still figuring it out. He doesn't look like last year, but he's still figuring it out. And I, I you talk about A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown. People f- sleep on Devontae Smith. I don't know why. Like, that kid is, that kid is really, really good. Um, and I, they have... They have Swift. They have other options. And I feel like that is what... I will never bet against Patrick Mahomes... And I love that he has Kelsey, but for me, it's like we shouldn't be talking about your defense as the reason you guys can get to the Super Bowl. Like, it's great that they finally have a, a, an excellent defense, but you're looking for somebody beyond Travis Kelsey. Like, we all know the ball's going to him. We know Patrick's going to find him. And the throws are there, man. Like, the throws are there, and they are just dropping it. And that is what is so, like, painful because they shouldn't, they should not, they shouldn't be outscored in the second half and in fourth quarters by every other team, including the Jets. Like, that that to me is wild, especially when you have 15. So I would say the Eagles, because they have a more complete team that is playing a lot better. But, man, if if the Chiefs get into the playoffs week to week, are you picking against them? I don't know. It's tough. All right, let's finish with this then. 
We saw a firing yesterday in the NFL. Matt Canada, offensive coordinator, Pittsburgh Steelers. Should we expect anything to change? I will say at least for this week, I picked the Steelers. So I covered the Browns-Steelers game last week, and I picked the Browns uh, because that that Steelers offense. Heading into this week, I think there is some emotional boost in the lot. Like there, when changes happen, I do think there is an emotional effect. I don't know how sustainable it is mm-hmm. because you talk to people around the league, they will say, "Oh yeah, their offense under Matt Canada was pretty rudimentary." It's you know, we could figure it out. Other people will point to, you could change the OC all you want. But if the quarterback is underperforming and if he can't read defenses, like, you're not going very far. And I think this is, again, the Steelers remind me of the Jets in a sense of... That's always a compliment. The, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mike Tomlin, don't kill me. Um, but, but, you know, like, because you've got a defense that keeps you in games. You've got a head coach uh, who keeps you, like, literally wins games for you. And then the offense. So... Uh, I think this week they will have a better showing. But it depends on Kenny Pickett. Now there are no more excuses. Mm. Like Kenny, like you could say they didn't get George Pickens involved enough and da-da-da, but Kenny's got to hit George Pickens. He's got to hit DeAndre Johnson. And after this weekend, there will be no more excuses for Kenny Pickett. Kimberly A. Martin, you're going to see her on Get Up, first take all throughout the week, all the NFL reporting, of course, ESPN NFL reporter, and she always joins us, and she is big on mac and cheese, which we love. Which we love. Uh, Coming up, Pat Costello, he's over it next. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. We are on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, presented by Progressive Insurance. One day away from Thanksgiving, Pat Costello, our producer, tells us what he is over. 
I completely disagree with you guys on this mass text happy Thanksgiving thing. I think you guys are being a little bit ridiculous with this. Uh, People are just trying to be nice. It's a holiday about being thankful, and they're reaching out, and it might not be the most personal thing, but at least they're trying something. Well, I would rather people be kind than nice, Pat, but that's just me. Like, if it's if it's going to be something that, that is just a nicety, I could do without it because what you're really doing is inundating me with text messages that I'm that I'm forced to respond to, and I don't want to waste my time away from family and loved ones sending a copy-paste reply to all of the mass text messages that I receive on Thanksgiving. One in isolation is fine, but that's not how it goes. We're talking about 50 100 messages from contacts that you have in your phone. I don't want to get those and have to copy paste respond to all of them. That's all I'm saying. I don't Are you need the president? You, I need you I need you to be I need you to be kind to me and not force me to have to respond to a generic text message text message that you send out to all your contacts. Doesn't sound like it. you're being very thankful. No, but that what a brilliant decipher there. I've never thought about it that way. Doing something that's nice is just like, okay, that person's fine. Doing something that's kind Mm -hmm. stands out, right? It may be nice to wish someone a happy Thanksgiving, but it's kind to tell them what you're thankful for. Or towards them, right? Yeah. Like if I were to send a text message to you guys, hey, we just started the show. I'm so thankful for that, whatever that may be, right? Okay, that may come off as kind. If you get, hey, happy Thanksgiving, it's like, all right, I was on your list. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the generic Happy Thanksgiving with the turkey emoji text that you know got sent out to everyone actually doesn't make me feel like we have a great relationship. It makes me feel like I'm a cog in this process and that you aren't thankful for me. Yeah, Pat, you're wrong. Simple as that. Okay, great, thanks. <laughs> Good talk. I mean, she's just cool, right. Cool, cool. And, and when you break out the nice versus kind out of out of the back pocket, which has not been broken out until this moment, that was the knockout punch. He's been saving that for you, Pat. That's what just happened. Yeah, but if you're not reaching, if you aren't going to be the one to reach out and they do and you're mad at them for it, I think it says more That's about you. That's not what he's saying. It's kind he's of saying, what he's saying. Do, no, he's saying doing, do the kind reach out, not the nice reach out. But if it's any reach out at all versus none, you'd rather just take none? I'd rather take none. That says more yes. about you. Well, okay, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I'll sit in that, Pat. <laughs> I'm okay living there. I'm fine here. Thank you. Next. People who have no laundry room etiquette, I live in a big building. We have a shared laundry room. There aren't that many spaces for it. Uh, if you if your stuff is done, I don't. I shouldn't have to wait around for 45 minutes until you decide to meander back in and take your stuff out of the washing machine and put it in the dryer. Get your stuff and get out of the way. This is a big building. We got a lot of people. I need to get my stuff done, too. It's ridiculous. Could, could not agree more as a New York City resident that does not have a washer or dryer in unit, Pat. There was an incident in the laundry room the other day. I'm down there doing my laundry. We actually have an app that tells you when your stuff is up. And Ooh, when you, that's when, good. Once you get the notification, you better get down there because there's a lot of people in the building. Somebody was actually taking out another resident's stuff Ooh. because they needed the, the machine and they weren't there on the time. The person arrived. It was a bit of a, a back and forth. But I was on the per. I, I personally would never remove somebody's stuff because I'm too Midwestern and passive aggressive. But I thought you have the app. You had the notification. You knew your stuff was done. You were not considerate of the other residents in the building that might need the machine. So I am with you, Pat. So as somebody that hasn't had this in a long time, because I've lived in a house, but when I lived in an apartment, I did this. 
isn't like one of the keys to life is figuring out what you're doing while you're washing your clothes. Like that 45 minute to an hour stretch, I feel like one of the biggest, like you better be efficient in that because you're not going to just sit there. Are you going to scroll Instagram the entire time? I mean, maybe I guess you could, but like, I feel like that is the perfect time to schedule something. But what if you get held up doing that? Then you're late. Then you're throwing other people off. Very tricky. What do you do when you're doing the laundry? I use that time to clean my apartment. Because okay. you can't leave the building. You have to be ready on high alert for when that text goes off on your phone that your stuff's ready. Interesting. Yeah, Excellent so we're doing fact. dishes, we're cooking, whatever. Uh, this is a preemptive one. I'm really not looking forward to being on Twitter tomorrow uh, during the NFL games because Twitter has become a nightmare during every NFL game. It's just people complaining about referees. Like, the referees are not deciding all of these games. This happened in the, the Chiefs and Eagles game. People were losing it about the referees. Guess what? At the end of the game, 7-7 seven to seven in calls, 61 yards to 55 yards in penalty yards. It was almost negligible. Uh, referee Twitter is the worst Twitter, and I can't stand it. I mean, I have no ability to not be on Twitter because I am now full-fledged in, and it's pathetic. But you know you don't have to be on it, Pad. <laughs> I know, but I like to see what's going on. Well, I mean, then you can't complain well, about you it. Well, you can't see what Exactly. That's the thing. You can't have it both ways, Pat. You can't complain about, oh, I don't want to be on Twitter and see all the people complaining about the referees and the officials in the games, but then you want to see what's going on. Wait a second. I just noticed something that Mark, Jerry, everybody on the TV side did. I can't believe I didn't notice this beforehand. What? You can scan a QR code now to wish Chris Canty a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, my Wait God. Wait a second. Wait, I didn't I even know that you it. could do this. I want to do it. This is unbelievable. What a brilliant move by you guys. I did not know you could do this. This is amazing. Wow. Let's wow. see. How you, do you do this? You're taking it to another level. And, and now, and you know the worst part about what we're doing now? I got people text me, texting me, happy Thanksgiving. Like, it's becoming a bit Wow, now. it takes you right to your Twitter. It takes you right to the Twitter, CC. Oh, my God. Brilliant. This Jerry, Mark, whoever did this, unbelievable. I'm so oh into Oh, this is so great. Go on your phone and make sure. CC despises the happy Thanksgiving, especially in advance. The nice and not kind, because that's how we're going to now do this. I'm the nice and not kind. You can scan the QR code on the screen on ESPN2 to wish CC a happy They made it turnkey, CC. They made it a turnkey option to troll oh you God. on social media. And now under, at Unsports ESPN, uh, happy Thanksgiving at Chris Canty 99 Yes, keep it going. Dr. Pepper inbox there. Anything else, Pat? I think our guy Brad in Michigan listening on the ESPN app might have an I'm over it, and I kind of want to hear it. So, oh, you're out. Brad? Oh, wait, I'm over Pat outsourcing. I'm over it. Brad in Michigan, go ahead on the ESPN app. Right. All I'd like to see you do is uh, have a poll on the Thanksgiving nightmare. My monster-in-law made pies for 12, 14 families and friends. She didn't know the difference between cayenne and Cinnamon. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Cayenne pepper pie? We we tried to call all the people back and say, don't eat this. Um, It didn't work. Now she has no family and no friends. I love that that he led with monster-in-law. We may have combined two things. There's a thief at ESPN Radio stealing Christine Lisi's cookies from the hallway. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And I have been of the belief that Christine Lisi needs to tank the cookies and make them so people for a day or two don't want them. Use cayenne pepper in the cookies to get the thief out of there. 
I think that's what you do with rabbits, right? You put yeah. cayenne pepper on your flowers and on your, your vegetables in your garden so they don't eat them. Is that true? Yeah. I think so, yeah. So I you think just got to go like the, take the rabbit effect. Yeah. Didn't know that. The rabbit I, I, I would say this. Monster-in-law, she loses all privileges when it comes to cooking on the, in the kitchen on Thanksgiving. No longer allowed in the kitchen. No longer allowed to bring anything. Period. Uh, people are tweeting you gifts, too, of turkeys now. Oh, God, this is just great. This is great. The college football, <laughs> the college football playoff rankings have changed. We will get to that coming up. And happy Thanksgiving, CeCe. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.